Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, here's the quote I was talking about last hour. I have heard concern. I've heard from our members concerned about her ability to carry out the job. That's Kevin McCarthy today on whether or not Liz Cheney can stay in the leadership. So for Hmm. him to say that out loud, I think, well, I don't know. He might just be trying to keep that that wing happy. Was he trying to have an internal thought and the words just came out? (laughs) Yeah, well, there are some that don't feel like he's a genius. (laughs) Well said. Oh, speaking of not being a genius... So the the beginning of the last commercial break, I text my wife, call me if you're free. But I had my ringer off, and I ignored the phone. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, she called like 20 seconds later. I do that all the time. I would like to apologize. It's a weird habit. Like, what an idiot. Cause I, 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 my ringer, I don't think, has ever gone off in a meeting, ever in my life. Right. Because right. I'm like paranoid about that. But because I am paranoid about that, I have kind of like a automatic turn off the ringer thing and i'll tell you yeah give me a call yeah very important call coming in from the doctor am i positive or negative when i turn off the ringer <laughs> right so the well, flip side of the the ringer and the meeting thing is you miss every call <laughs> right well we were talking about what we're gonna do next and i forgot i told her to call and i wasn't looking at my phone it's kind of like when i call used me to now. it's kind of like when uh somebody had to point out to me that it's because i would carry like i had it figured out perfectly a dime a nickel and two pennies i did the math <laughs> on it what would be perfect I'd carry a dime and nickel and two pennies back when you paid with cash so that I would never have to get a bunch of change back. And somebody said, so you carry change every day of your life to avoid sometimes having to carry change. And so I threw them in the trash and never have done it since. Wisdom. Shows how stupid I can be. Not like Kevin McCarthy. Genius. Um, So this was on 60 Minutes the other night. We'll discuss. It used to be that there were 25 companies in the world that made the high-end, cutting-edge chips. And now there are only three. And in the United States, you. Yeah. Today, 75% of semiconductor manufacturing is in Asia. 25 years ago, the United States produced 37% of the world's semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S. Today, that number has declined to just 12%. Because Ron DeSantis killed the companies that made chips. Never forget their hatchet job at 60 Minutes. Leslie Stahl, her voice makes my skin crawl. (laughs) Never forget. (laughs) Let's hear more from this, and then we'll discuss a little bit about it. Why shouldn't private industry fund this instead of the government? The industries that rely on these chips. Apple, Microsoft, the companies that are rolling in money. Well, they're pretty happy to buy from uh, some of the Asian suppliers. Actually, they don't always have a choice. For chips with the tiniest transistors, there's no made-in-the-U.S. option. Intel currently doesn't have the know-how to manufacture the most advanced chips that Apple and the others need. Ooh, wait a minute. I don't like the sound of that. No, I don't either. Huh. That is uh, not who we, we, who we have been in the past as a country and certainly who we want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's indicative of something bigger, allowing ourselves to be passed. Now, economists will tell you, no, it's just comparative advantage. They they have this, that, and the other in their workforce, blah, blah, blah. So they are concentrating more on that, so we can concentrate more on other things. But it's scary. 
Yeah, I'd say so. And the way it affects cars is a huge deal. Well, the, we have the clip explaining it, but I can do a shorter version of it. Intel was approached by Steve Jobs to help make the chips for the iPhone. Intel said, we'll take a pass. So Apple went to what is Nobody now. needs a computer in their pocket. Ha, 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 ha. So they went to the, the <laughs> ta- what is it, the Taiwanese. Why would I want a computer that I carry? have to lug around everywhere with me? Get out of here, you moron! You hit me? <laughs> take your turtleneck and get That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So Apple then goes to the Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing company and, you know, fast forward, yada, yada, yada. That is now the dominant Mm. manufacturer of these things in the world. Son of a. Yeah, I wonder. So I wonder if the math just works out on that one decision because the iPhone has been the most popular product practically in the history of the planet. You know, all the math on where the chips come from is just due to that one decision. And I know we're going to talk about cars. I'm more concerned about fighter jets and aircraft carriers, honestly, and, and weapons systems uh, than cars. But Roll on, Big Daddy. We heard about this shortage in... Uh... Oh, this is the, uh, the head of the Taiwanese Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. We heard about this shortage in uh, December time frame. And in January, we tried to squeeze as more chip as possible to the car company. Today, we think we are two months ahead that we can catch up the minimum requirement of our customers before the end of June. Are you saying that the shortage in chips for cars will end in two months? No, there's a time lag. In car chips, particularly, the supply chain is long and complex. This supply takes about seven to eight months. Uh, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm glad I got a car that runs. Although that's gonna just that's gonna kill jobs. If used cars are what they are now, what are they gonna be seven months from now? Of course, if you sell your, it's like it's like when your housing prices go up. Okay, my house is worth more than it ever is. Of course, if I sell it, I got to buy that house, which is worth more than it ever ever has been. Sure. Same thing yeah. with your car. I'm gonna sell my cars. Just use my golf cart everywhere I go. My commute's gonna take an hour forty-five. And I'll be killed <laughs> rolling down the interstate at 22 miles per hour. I mean, even just the physical mechanics of those things, uh, a semiconductor takes five-plus months to make. That's yeah, a, I had that's no wild. idea of that. I'd assume they stamped them out like, uh, you know, saltines at a yeah, factory. Yeah, me too. I've, yeah, I figured that too. I'm a, I, I, I'm a low-tech car guy. I like as little electronics as possible. Is there any way they can make, like, lots of the, you know, like the lower-level trucks... Do they still have chips in them? That do you do you need as many chips? That I think they do. The transmissions and the yeah. uh, the fuel injectors. I've got and the, the slightest the, idea. Yeah, a lot of like the emissions. I couldn't stuff. tell you if yeah. there's two in the average car or two hundred chips in the average car. Nor could I. Now that you mention it, it's several, or is it just one that runs the brain that runs all the systems? I don't know. And I was making an assumption that the ones with the more complicated uh, computer systems have more, but I don't know that. Hmm. If you do know, text us, 415-295-KFTC. My car's like the space shuttle. I'm just going to take it apart and see how many chips I can find. So I'll can, tell you about it tomorrow. Conventional vehicles contain an average of $330 value of semiconductor content. That's all? Well, You're well, holding up making a car for $330? Uh, but hybrids contain up to 1,000, which is 35,000 semiconductors. So oh, a third okay. of that what? in a typical car. Oh, my gosh. There's like $10,000 semiconductors in a typical car? No, that that is the that number is equates to about $1,000 oh, value, okay. if I'm reading it right. Okay. No, I don't know. I might I'm, be reading I'm, it wrong. I'm, 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 I'm perplexed. Uh, small. 
Small. Thank, so, thank you for that. So like Size small, of a Pop-Tart. Um, Biggest Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, uh, a, probably a third of a dime, maybe. Okay. Some, somewhere Gee. in that. The, on the 60 Minutes thing, they had those giant wafers, but each of those gets stamped into many different oh, yeah, tiny yeah, yeah, semiconductors. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen the giant Joe Biden picture, we have that at armstrongandgetty.com. Some sort of fisheye lens thing that is pretty funny. But any, do we have any more of these we need to hear before we... Because I know what I need to hear. Do we have any more of these you want to hear, Sean? Uh, no, no. That, okay. we, we can jump to the other one. I'll tell you what I need to hear, because this has become an earworm for people. We introduced this song to a whole bunch of people who never knew this classic tune. Dial that baby up on your streaming service today. Up, up, and away. Why are we doing that? Do you hate the audience? And we just got a number of texts saying, why did you play that song yesterday? I was having dreams about it last night. Would you like to fly? It's a very breathy song. (sighs) Odd times, the 70s. Well, that was the 60s, actually, the late 60s. Are we moving away from meat? I'm not. A three-star restaurant known for meat ditching the meat. A Manhattan restaurant once considered the best restaurant in the world will no longer serve meat. This is this is becoming a real. It's a gesture, right? It's a meat. Uh, don't do it. It's a I, virtue I don't know. signaling. I don't know. Well, why is wouldn't it? you still have meat? Just if people want meat. David Holmes, Eleven Madison Park, where I've never eaten, and I'm thinking most of the people who do eat there, I wouldn't like. Um, they wouldn't like me. Uh, which topped the world's fifty best restaurants a couple of years ago. Plans to serve an 8- to 10-course menu consisting of entirely plant-based dishes when it reopens its main dining room for in-person service on June 10th, which may be the whole point of pulling the meat was, so I would mention that that restaurant opens June 10th. You said pulling the meat. (laughs) I did. Uh, They're best known for their meat and seafood dishes. That's their bread and butter of your pardoning expression. (laughs) You can't say serving meat is their bread and butter at a restaurant. That's not good writing. That's a bad metaphor. (laughs) And you know, and what's icing on the cake is, no, that doesn't work either. <laughs> the crust of the pie is the icing on the cake. No, no, not, not allowed. Meat is their bread and butter is a terrible sentence. Um, hum is best known for his meat and seafood dishes, including lobster poached in mushroom butter and, oh, sm- yeah. and smoked sturgeon cheesecake with caviar. Smoked sturgeon cheesecake, I what? would like, I think. I don't what? know. I don't like fish cake. I don't like caviar. Good concert. I don't know if I'd like it as a meal. Fish and cake? I'd go to that, yeah. probably. Um, if it was local. If this <laughs> one of the most world-famous restaurants is uh, truly at the forefront of dining, blah, 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 it's crystal clear to me that where this is going to go next, says uh, somebody who writes for you know the restaurant biz, um, that meatless is going to become a thing. Okay. And maybe it's going to be. And I don't know if it'll become a thing where, like, oh, we don't go to restaurants that still serve meat. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like know. It would seem super uncool. A city like New York, you, you could make a decent living being a meatless restaurant. There are plenty of vegan places all over the world, but I, don't, I, don't, I just don't care. When I went to Russia several years ago, this hotel that I stayed at had the biggest display of caviar in the mornings. I mean, they had like 50 different kinds of caviar hmm. for their buffet, of which I tried none. But... uh is there that much difference between, oh, I hate to even think of it, is there that much different flavor between all those different fish eggs that you would notice? Sure. A, a array of, so it'd be like cheeses then. 
Yeah, yeah once you become like familiar. Doritos. Like what? Doritos. Like Doritos, yes. Yeah. You got Flamin' Hot. Wine. Doritos. Cool Ranch Caviar. Super fla- Flamin' Hot. <laughs> Wow. See, f- folks, this is what happens when you try to discuss food with two people who don't care about food. Sure, I don't. I don't. And I certainly don't care about caviar. But anyway, we're going meatless. So there you go. The end of the story. Oh, you know, speaking of uh, cars and, and uh, you know, chips and uh, hybrids and that sort of thing, I've got some new figures on electrical vehicles and how they swear there are going to be a huge explosion in EVs any second now. I've been saying that for a long time, but maybe now is the time where it will actually be true. Uh, new poll out with Trump's approval ratings. Hmm, is this going to make him want to run? Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. All right, now to the latest on that video sparking outrage in Florida. A school principal spanking a six-year-old with a paddle in front of the girl's mother who recorded the incident. That principal is now being investigated, and we want to warn you, the video is disturbing. T.J. Holmes has the very latest. Good morning, T.J. Hey, good go. morning to you, Stray. And really, guys, depending on when, where, and how you grew up, maybe you grew up around what you called a, a spanking or a whooping, or at school, maybe it was a paddling. But what we're seeing in this video is being called something else. It's being called an assault on a six-year-old child by her I principal. Wanna, and now video this video here. has brought a focus not just on this principal's behavior, but on punishment in this country. This disturbing go. video of a six-year-old's punishment at school has led to calls for an arrest. Yeah, that's... Wow. Wow, that's disturbing. You know, I was prepared to say that, uh, you know, and that probably was typical of my, my uh, schools I went to, because I never saw the paddlings. They do them in the principal's office. I grew up at a school where they paddled people regularly. Um, it was, in my experience, always kids that deserved it. Mm. Never bothered me as a law and order student. The kids that were hugely disruptive um, and talking back to the teacher, they went to get a paddling. Didn't bother me any. Um, uh, you'd have made a good Nazi. But watching her hit that little kid with that stick was. Uh, yeah, know. six years old? Six? That's, that's Come young. on. Yeah. I, I, you can't find another way to ensure you know compliance or another punishment or, or just dealing with a parent something? I have no memory of it at that age. I'm, the, my first memory of it, well, actually, I don't think they had it in Wisconsin. So we moved to Kansas when I was in junior high, and that's where I first uh, saw it. And But that was, you know, 14-year-olds telling the teacher to blank off. Doesn't bother me if you hit him with a stick. <laughs> Got a whacking. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. And in or whooping, uh, as the newscaster put watching it. Watching this six-year-old get hit pretty damn hard. She hit him hard with that paddle. And then he kind of reached back, ow, and then she put your hands down. Yeah. But mom was there and approved of it. So huh. you're at a school where you know they do this, and mom is okay with it. I, I don't know what I think of that. Um, wow. Yeah. I know some yeah. of you are horrified by this thing, but I... I don't know what the current... Can you try to Google that real fast, Sean? Um, what people think of spanking just in general? Because I remember the last time we looked it up, and this was quite a few years ago, it was much higher than I would have guessed. Right. Right. Um, 
But anyway. as the media is always gives us a fun house view of what people actually yeah. think. Yeah, you know, if mom approves, I'd have to know what the offense is and how hard he was actually being hit. It looks like she's hitting him pretty hard at that with that uh, that paddle. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's the whole question to me. I mean, if 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 you're okay with some level of corporal punishment, that's fine. But it can't be a beating. Parents with children aged two to twelve who say they spanked their child dropped from fifty percent in 1993 to 35% in 2017. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can find more current okay. stuff. So I I remember it being over half when we looked into it, but it was quite a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. It was because some video had come out like this and everybody was, "Oh my god, can you see that?" and then yeah, you looked it up and the majority of Americans were fine with spanking kids. Uh but so now it's dropped down to like a third. Okay. I'm pretty sure the paddling in my school was merely a legend. It might have happened once a year, once every couple of years, but there was a hell of a lot of talk about it. So people kept in line. Walking out of turn, that's a paddling. Looking out the window, that's a paddling. Staring at my sandals, that's a paddling. Paddling the school canoe, <laughs> oh, you better believe that's a paddling. You know, honestly, at my sandals. now that you mention it, it, how much paddling happened at the school might have been much less than my memory, just because it was such a big deal whenever it happened. Oh, yeah. I think a couple yeah. of times per year it happened, and it was just such a, a major thing, which it was part of the point. Everybody knew about it, and you knew, okay, well, I remember to keep my mouth shut. Jack's in favor of compliance through terror mm-hmm. is the uh, title absolutely, of this podcast segment. Absolutely. Yeah. Electric vehicles coming to your garage soon. Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be, you can't be on your cell phone I, I wasn't while you're on driving. My phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone can while you're recording. You. May I have your driver's license? I. It's it's at my apartment. Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal, and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. Only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. There you go, man. Sign inside for the red box. Right there. For him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. It's on the citation, man. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? What oh, is she what talking about? Freaking crazy person. Some chick in the uh, L.A. area, I believe, who. She has a history of, of filing force, uh, false reports against deputies. And this guy, oh. this actually what's interesting about this story is that deputy, that's his own body camera. His force does not require them or whatever, but he wanted one to protect himself. Yeah, I could see that. If I'm You're a, good, a murderer. If I'm a You're good a cop, murderer. <laughs> if I'm a good cop, I want body cameras. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And any time this comes up, people, but there is sometimes body camera footage cannot tell the whole story. Yeah, we know. God, shut up. Get body cameras for everybody. You what know, an just... awful person that person is. Oh, I'm a and, te- and, a te- and I'm a teacher. So what the hell's that got to do with anything? So you ought to be fired right away. You shouldn't be in a classroom no. with kids of any, any age. Which reminds me. Do we have her these... name? Is her name out? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, one of these days, I got to get to some, another teacher, another whistleblower. Blower has sent us uh, some of the uh, raci- racist indoctrination stuff being taught in public schools. 
share that with you. Uh, you know, I just want to hear this because I love the baseball. Um, where's that uh, the fan grabbing the ball? Clip number five. Man, I'm impressed. Get that fan of contract. That was coming in hot. I think you're impressing all of us now. Here we go. 97 miles an hour, we're told. I mean, come on. (laughs) His food in one hand, bare hand snags it with the other, turns to his hot date, says, you want this ball? Oh, hell yeah. He (laughs) one-handed it? Oh, yeah. Bare hand. Bare handed it. Because a lot, you know, a fast, hardball barehand usually use two kind of give you a little more opportunity to dissipate the speed of that thing as it comes into your bare hands. A one he hand, had, one he had bare a Polish hand. dog in his other hand. Wow, it's a good sausage. You're not going to drop that. <laughs> wow, what a stud! But everybody's bones and everything are the same. How did his bones just not <laughs> just get broken? Evidently, his bones aren't like yours. Mm. Mr. Thin Bones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just occurred to me that, okay, wait a minute. This is the solution. They're, they're saying that um, the pitchers are getting too crazy good in baseball. Oh, really? I didn't there know There needs that. to be more offense. So so there's th- a serious discussion about moving the mound back six inches or a foot or something like that. So the balance between hitters and pitchers has gone tilted way toward pitchers. I didn't know that. Too many strikeouts, they say. Uh, part of it is uh, that guys are, are swinging for the fences yeah, all the time. Yeah, I thought it was but, more about the, the strategy. than. But you remember how rare it used to be to have a guy throwing 97, 98 miles per hour? Mm-hmm. Now every team's got like six guys who could do that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just gotten insane. you got guys throwing 92 mile per hour breaking pitches. I only root for the Tigers. That's the only team I root for, Hanson's Little League team. Now that I've attended his son's <laughs> practice, I'm into the Tigers. They have a game today, and I'm going, I'm going to be rooting. For the Tigers, I think the average pitch beat. Do, do kids pitch or do parents pitch? Does a coach pitch in this answer? Both, okay. You're not that big a fan. If it's just kids <laughs> pitching, I'm not sure. It's going to be a long game. So, oh, okay. Lord. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm a Tiger fan. I'm going to root hard. Although I like the sign. I was going to mention that on the air. The sign that they had there at the ballpark. I don't think I can find that quickly, which I thought was really, really cool about, look, these are kids Everybody here is a volunteer. Um, yes, please. You know, just trying Love to it. make sure that everybody uh, stays calm around the whole thing. I thought I thought it was just fantastic. Because um, I know how people can get worked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. It's amazing. Just in my career as a youth sports player and coach, seeing it go from polite and respectful to everybody's angry, yelling at volunteer kid right. referees or kids who are getting paid $10. It just—it's sickening to me. What's the matter with humanity? I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to respond to that. I, I don't know who you people are. I don't, I don't think I've ever done anything like that. No, the idea of somebody like really yelling at a youth umpire uh, when when I was a kid is just utterly out of the question. But you know, a, a buddy of mine, his his daughter was a super stud, and she still is. She's a college athlete, and uh, she's a super stud playing girls. Softball and stuff like that, and uh, and he said, like she she she, would, she, she if she missed a catch, people would be like, come on, like other parents in the stands, like what are you freaking talking really? about? Yeah, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, that's just so weak. Well, I'll, I'll let you. I'd like to hear what that sign actually says if you have a picture of it somewhere. Uh, and plus, I have that information I promised on electrical vehicles that you will have one soon.
Of course, you've heard that before. But quickly, <laughs> a word from our friends at Simply Safe Award-winning home security. You know it's engineered with the latest technology to keep your family safe. We've told you about that. But what really sets Simply Safe apart is its people, highly trained security experts who are there for you. They care about keeping you safe. Yeah, so the bottom line is when you need them most, Simply Safe is going to be able to protect you and you can have your Simply Safe system in about a week. You go online, you configure it for your home. It shows up a week from from now. You install it yourself in about 30 minutes and it's still great. It's one of the reasons that US News has called Simply Safe the best home security of 2021. All these advantages. To learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect you and your family or your tools or your musical instruments or whatever you want to protect, visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong today to customize your system. You get a free security camera. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. One more time. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Here's a sign they had up on the backstop at the Little League game where, you know, you'd, you'd see it if you're a parent. Please remember, these are kids. This is a game. Coaches are volunteers. Junior junior umpires are kids. This is not professional baseball. Wow. Those are all good things to remember. It's great that the sign is there. It is sad yeah. that there's a, a need for it. Very good point. You didn't need that sign when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, I didn't grow up in... Uh, well, wait a minute. I was going to say I didn't grow up in a tough hood. But I know the hood you're talking about, and I grew up in a hood just like that. So never mind. Things yeah. have changed. It's terrible. So the electric trickle is going to turn into a flood, they say. As many as 100 new electrical vehicle models are coming to showrooms in the next four years. Heavyweights like Volkswagen, General Motors, and Ford are floating promises of all electric lineups within a decade. Here's the question I'd have. I, I'm, I'm, I like the idea of electric cars. It doesn't bother me. I, I hope that gasoline cars aren't outlawed at some point, but... Um, so I'm not just anti-electric car, but they get so much more conversation than they deserve, at least so far. Talked about all the time, and then if you look at the actual sales figures, it's nothing. Let's take a look at the actual sales figures. It's freaking nothing, and we did the story just a couple of months ago. Wall Street Journal had that story about how the car dealerships, they have to carry... So many electric vehicles to meet various standards the government sets. They don't actually sell them, so they have them. The, the companies have to make them, too. So the companies have to make electric vehicles so that their entire fleet reaches a certain percentage of this or that. They don't make any money off of it because nobody's buying them. They send them to the dealerships where nobody's buying them. They don't make any money, and it's all it's a loss, but it's just to keep you in compliance with the government's MP miles per gallon and uh, emissions standards. Listen to the bitter Luddite looking to the past. I, Joe Getty, am looking. I'm a futurist. I'm looking to the future. Bitter Luddite's a pretty good description of me, actually. It covers, <laughs> a, covers a lot of bases there. Yeah, I do this for a living. Uh, so here are your actual sales figures Jack was alluding to. There were roughly 250,000 sales of EVs last year, all EVs. In the entire country? Thousand. Yes. 200,000 of them were Teslas. Okay. Four out every five. That's a, that's a, well, Tesla's a real, you can drive it car. The record for non Teslas was Nissan's Leaf at 30,200. Okay. Do you remember that? About 30,000. Uh, by contrast. Good God. So if Tesla, if Elon Musk had decided uh, to do something else, and Tesla didn't exist. The number one electric car would have been 30,000 were sold nationwide. 
That's incredible. Maybe. Maybe. Somebody else might have stepped in. I get that, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, compared to that 30,000, Toyota sold 400,000 RAV4s. 400,000 of that one model. Wow. Ford sold more than 800,000 F-Series pickups. Routinely sells that. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. But... Automakers insist that that's all going to change. EV market share is expected to grow by two as much as 50% by 2032. So that's wow. a lot of years. It was 1.7% <laughs> last year. So, so you're, it, it was 1.7% of auto sales last year? Yes, sir. And they're going to grow up by 50% in a couple of decades? Mm, oh, not yeah. exactly aggressive. Well, it's 11 years. 2032. Okay. Uh, uh, Scott Keogh is the president and chief executive of Volkswagen of America. Hey, how's your emission software coming along? But so there? in 10 years, you'll be 3% of car sales? I'm still not... No, been... 50%. Oh, I thought 50% more than the current number. Okay. I was. Oh, no, no, no. It. No, 50% total. Okay. Uh, so this uh, Scott Keogh guy says there's never been a competitive consumer market that sits at 80% market share for long. Yeah. Meaning somebody's got to chew into Tesla's share. You would assume? Um, the only other thing I really want to tell you is that the, uh, is this the same article? Yeah, they reviewed in the same article, um, three different new electric cars and, uh, the Ford Mustang Mach E, which really is kind of a, a, so it's not a SUV looking thing. I don't know why they decided to call it a Mustang. I guess to get attention, it looks like a minivan or something. Um, yeah. it's not yeah. a Mustang in any sense. Yeah, but it gets great reviews, really, really solid reviews. If I wasn't, A, happy with my current vehicle, and B, very thrifty, I'd run out and get one. They look really cool, and they're super fast. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, w- I don't understand why they don't. I'm, I've always wondered why they don't sell electric cars on their f- speed more. Tesla, I never hear anybody t- from Tesla or car magazines or people that are green because people are green, have light feet, and they don't drive fast. But they should push them as a as a, as a sports car. They're freaking crazy ass fast. And mm. I think you'd get a certain different crowd if you didn't always go with it's green for the planet. I love Mother Earth. I'm hugging Mother Earth every time I get. No, make that's fine for people who like that sort of talk. But it's make so it a effing fast it'll snap your pencil neck. Yeah, find your buddy with the the Dodge Hemi, uh, whatever they call it, the, uh, the the super fast one my son's into, and blow his doors off with your new electric car. Yeah, pitch it to uh, that crowd. Let's see. The, yeah, it's pretty reasonably priced too. And the Ford and VW models are eligible for a federal tax credit with, which Tesla doesn't get anymore because I think there are too many of them. They've sold too many. Federal tax credit. So now that, see, this is the government forcing a market to go a certain direction. Well, then it might end up where they want it if you force it hard enough. Thumb on the scale. Absolutely. I'm getting one of these cars though. We'll see. They've been telling me this for a long time. Well, I'm looking into the future. Again, you're looking at the past. What am I, an angry Luddite? What'd you you're, say? You're a bitter Luddite. Bitter Luddite. Yeah. Pretty accurate. Uh, May the 4th be with you. It is May 4th. And uh, they ask people what their favorite Star Wars movie was. See if you agree. Among other things we can get to. Um, so a picture came out of one of the Chauvin jurors from the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial. And they say this could cause problems with the whole appeal i heard about this See, i think it's definitely uh, really uh, flying the ointment really yeah. okay yeah. well stay tuned for that convo
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Surprised by the number of texts we got from people who have eaten at 11 Madison Park. I'd never even heard of the restaurant, but I'm not a foodie. And uh, I'm just happy our reach is such that we get to people that uh, have even done that sort of thing. They're going meatless at one of the best restaurants in the world. Uh, I filmed at 11 Madison Park, says this texter, and I got to try a healthy portion of their duck. This was years ago, and I still think about it. <laughs> wow. Other text- That's in Manhattan, right? Uh, yeah. A healthy portion, as in this fits within my very reasonable, responsible diet, or a healthy portion, as in way too much duck? I don't know. I don't want any duck, really. Um, we got some texts. Our electric company, Puget Sound Electric, sent us a flyer on ways to energy to save energy. One was trying meatless Mondays. Reduce meat consumption. I threw it away. Shut up. So now your electric company is telling you to stop eating meat to save meat, ele- don't do it. To save electricity? Yeah, it's because of the global meat production grid of the shut up. I'm um, just going through a couple of the texts. Uh, the U, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The U.S. is way ahead of most countries with vaccine. A colleague of mine in Japan is scheduled to get his vaccine in September. What? Yeah. We're, wow. that, we're that far ahead of someplace like Japan? And hey, guys, I'm a mechanic for the last 20 years. There can be 50-plus individual computers in a modern car, each of which has multiple chips inside it. Huh. So around 50-plus of those chips that we were talking about earlier in the hour that we no longer... Produce near as many of it as we used to. Um, so, so your modern shade tree mechanic is really uh, probably a guy in a lab coat with a degree from Stanford. Well, I don't know. You still got uh, you still got uh, you know all your underneath your car. You still got all that oil and transmission and brakes and all those things that are your mostly your day to day maintenance stuff. Um, a picture of a Chauvin juror raises questions on impartiality. You, having served on a jury, Joe, can tell me whether this is a big deal. When I saw it, I thought, is that a big deal? A Facebook post showing that Brandon Mitchell, boy, we now have the name of a jury. Yeah, he came out. In a Black Lives Matter t-shirt at a D.C. March last August could affect appeal. Why is this a big deal? Well, specifically because the judge asked him, do you know anything about this case? Have you followed this case? He said, no, I just I kind of heard when when the trial is going to be and stuff like that. But he was in D.C. for a George Floyd related march oh, okay. wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt that said, get your knee off my neck. OK, I, I get that then. So in, in general, it wouldn't seem to me that being in support of that organization means you can't be a, a fair juror. No, although it's, it's a you, red flag. It, certainly. But then you don't, if you ask some questions and say, no, just in general, I believe in, in you know, we all treat each other fairly or something like that. That wouldn't mm-hmm. bother me. But if you claim you didn't know anything about it and you were at a rally, well, now you're a liar. Right. And you're clearly trying to hide it for some reason. Yeah, I, I wasn't there in the courtroom. I don't know what the guy said specifically. I'm, go, I'm, I'm going off of accounts that I've read that he said he didn't know much about the case, hadn't been following it. Um, and he, one of the reasons he came out, he started to do interviews, is he wants to change the world. He wants to be an activist. He wants to push for change. And so those things all together would make me highly suspicious uh, as the judge that he got on the jury for the purpose of, you know, pre-planning a conviction. Yep, that makes sense to me. Boy, that's what we need is to go through that trial again. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <sighs> wow. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but I tell you what, if I'm a Derek Chauvin or I'm a, any sort of defendant and, and something like that happened on my jury, I'm thinking, yeah, here we go. 
I don't know if Tim Sandifer, our friend Tim the Lawyer, is quoting somebody on his Twitter feed or if this is or just his own thoughts. It's in quotation marks, but it's not attributed to anybody, so maybe it's just his thought. Even as scientific knowledge of COVID-19 has increased, some progressives have continued to embrace policies and behaviors that aren't supported by evidence, such as banning access to playgrounds, closing beaches, and refusing to reopen schools for in-person learning. No doubt about that. I would say at this point, the follow-the-science crowd is just completely off the science Mm -hmm. a lot of them yeah it's like a lot of what's shouted in politics they shout it when it's convenient and they uh shed it when it's not i can't say it because i can't say this because it makes me feel stupid sean will you say it what is the date today uh may the fourth be with you okay there you go it's may 4th gleeben they ask people what their favorite Star Wars movie was. Empire Strikes Back uh, is number one among people. Agree or disagree? Oh, it's it's excellent. What's it's your favorite? Certainly in the What's your favorite then? Uh, probably probably Star Wars, the first one. Okay, didn't even make the top five. What? I don't think. Well, that's idiotic. Return of the Jedi: A New Hope is A New Hope the first one. Yes. Okay. What? Okay. See, people like me don't know that. A New Hope finished third, then Revenge of the Sith and the Last Jedi. Armstrong and Getty.